The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. A three-month battle for the UK. We can turn the tide within the next 12 weeks. Is China out of the woods? Pre-virus normal is a long way off if it ever returns at all. And the test that tells you if you've ever had COVID-19. This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. A positive tone from the Prime Minister's daily press conference. Boris Johnson said he was sure the UK could overcome the virus, turning the tide in 12 weeks, as long as social distancing guidance is followed. The Prime Minister also promised to up testing to 250,000 tests a day. Testing is, I think, crucial to our success in defeating uh, this this virus. Uh, We're making fantastic progress on testing. We had a a great meeting in uh, number 10 a couple of nights ago with people who are supplying tests of all kinds, not just the antibody tests that I I mentioned, but much faster and more efficient tests to see whether you currently have the the disease. And the potential of those to, to help us is obviously enormous. We're not there yet, but we will get there very soon. Downing Street insisted there's no prospect of people being banned from travelling in and out of London or on tubes or buses as it denied reports of a lockdown. However, the police are to be given the power to detain people to be tested for the virus and then force them to isolate for 14 days or face a £1,000 fine. It's part of emergency legislation published today by the government aimed at stopping the spread. The Telegraph's political editor, Gordon Rayner, says the legislation is remarkably vague. I, I think the most striking thing looking through the, the bill that's been published uh, is that how few specifics there are in it. And what I mean by that is that um, rather than saying we have the power to shut down certain types of shops or pubs or restaurants, the language is very, very broad-ranging. It just, it just talks about having the power to uh, restrict the, the movement of people in or out of any premises they, they want, uh, to close down premises, um, to restrict uh, people from gathering. It Basically, it, it's giving the government uh, almost a, a, you know, a carte blanche to do anything that they feel is necessary. The, these are powers that uh, no government has had since since the war and possibly possibly even beyond powers a day of stark contrasts on the front lines of the battle against the virus in a sign of hope china reported no new local infections but italy has surpassed china's death toll china's population is 20 times that of italy but the small country is seeing even more fatalities than where the outbreak began Italy has the world's second oldest population after Japan, and authorities say too many people on the streets means the virus is still spreading. The country has extended its lockdown. And while it appears China's managed to curb rates of infection within the country, for some time, The Telegraph's China correspondent Sophia Yan has reported on attempts by Chinese authorities to cover up the reality of life on the ground. So is China out of the woods? She sent me this report. Suddenly is how the coronavirus outbreak erupted in China in January. For weeks, the government had messaged situation normal and silenced whistleblowers. In retrospect, authorities knew far more at the time than they let on when they locked down millions of people in Wuhan, the outbreak epicenter. Similar restrictions quickly spread across the country while scientists raced to learn more. Immediately, hospitals were overwhelmed. I interviewed those whose loved ones died 
likely from the virus. But many deaths weren't included in the official count because they were never tested. What worried everyone was China's poor track record in telling the truth. The numbers disclosed these days indeed are improving. Beijing is busy recasting itself as the leader in virus response. It's even trying to change the narrative, saying the virus didn't come from China. The propaganda glosses over a bungled initial response and whether disaster could have been averted. A study by the University of Southampton found that 95% of cases in China could have been avoided had the government moved three weeks earlier. On Thursday, China reported no new local transmissions for the first time since the virus emerged. But 34 cases were found via travelers arriving from abroad, one of many signs the outbreak is far from over. Thousands of patients remain in hospital, draconian travel and quarantine restrictions still in place. Authorities are eager for a return to normal to restart the economy, but a pre-virus normal is a long way off, if it ever returns at all. What do malaria and COVID-19 have in common? On the surface, not much. But according to early research, a decades-old malaria drug called chloroquinine might also work for the new coronavirus. President Donald Trump today confirmed that he'd approved the use of the drug as a treatment. The head of the FDA, the US Food and Drug Association, also said scientists were still 12 months off approving a vaccine for the virus. But what about a test to see if you've ever had it? Many listeners got in touch to ask about the development of a test to determine if someone has already had the respiratory disease and might therefore be immune to it. Today, Boris Johnson said the government was in talks to buy a test to see if Britons have developed the antibody, but how useful would that be? I put that question to Dr Al Edwards, Associate Professor of Biomedical Technology at the Reading School of Pharmacy. There will be a test that will be able to say that people have had an infection in the past. At the moment, it's too soon to be sure that that means that you're safe from reinfection. It's not a, a sort of perfect answer. Um, what it won't be able to do is reassure you, absolutely, yes, definitely, you're safe, uh, because we need to do more research and need to have a better understanding before we can be uh, confident of that. Dr Edwards, if the antibody test can't guarantee that you're going to be immune to COVID-19... What will it be used for instead and who might be tested? I think when that antibody test becomes available, I would like to think that people will be more comfortable with the idea that not everybody is necessarily going to get tested, but that's okay. What we'll use the test for initially is really understanding the scale of um, spread and the scale of um, the initial outbreak. Uh, and it will be a while before we can... Uh, benefit from sort of individual testing on an individual level uh, and I think by that point you know the world will have changed again you know I, I can't emphasize again how quickly the situation is changing what I say now will probably not be true in a couple of weeks time. With the Formula One season on hold and football on a break for a while there are plenty of people at the top level of sport with time on their hands and the resources to help. The Agnelli family, who control the Ferrari F1 team and own Juventus, have announced a donation of 10 million euros to fund health and social care in Turin, where both the sporting giants are based. Tom Gibbs has more. 
It's not just money the Angelis are donating to fighting corona. They've managed to source 150 ventilators from overseas suppliers. Their Ferrari team is one of several in F1 who've also pledged to help with the manufacture of ventilators. A majority of the Sports 10 teams have now said they'll use their engineering facilities to help the effort to make more of these desperately needed machines. We've heard similar from Elon Musk about his companies Tesla and SpaceX. He says they can both help out too, but also never shy of a controversial tweet he's been downplaying the seriousness of corona saying the danger of panic still far exceeds the danger of corona imo that's internet speak for in my opinion in case you don't spend enough time on twitter it's not just in the fields of motorsport and self-driving electric future cars where people are doing their bit. In football, the Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich has funded deads for NHS staff at the Millennium Hotel, which is right next to their stadium at Stamford Bridge. And Gary Neville, best known now as a Sky Sports pundit, but also owner of two hotels in Manchester with some of his former United teammates, had this to say. Now 176 beds will be occupied by National Health Service workers and medical professionals from Friday onwards. It's at this moment in time that I think the whole of our industry needs to show solidarity, not just for our staff in these uncertain times, but for obviously the people who need the accommodation most in the coming months. Uh, and it's something that we're delighted to have been able to come into an agreement with. They'll be free of charge. Our staff will operate the hotels as normal and the health workers will be allowed to stay there without any cost whatsoever in this next few months when they need isolation away from family members who may be affected. If your household is anything like mine, more time at home means more opportunity to squabble over the TV remote, particularly if you're trying to find something for the whole family to enjoy. Amazon's halted production of all new original series, EastEnders is off air, and the Eurovision Song Contest won't go ahead. That one's possibly more of a tragedy for those taking part than for spectators. But there's still plenty to keep you entertained. And a listener called Sophie got in touch to ask for some box set recommendations to watch with her two children, who are 12 and 13, whilst they're all stuck at home. Sophie, we're not miracle workers, so I can't guarantee our suggestions will keep the children from squabbling entirely. But I asked my colleague Eleanor Halls, the Telegraph's associate culture editor, what's most likely to keep everyone happy. Hi Sophie. So I think TV is everybody's live fan right now, which is just as well because there's so much brilliant and uplifting content across all streaming platforms and on DVD. It's actually a great opportunity for culture obsessives to kind of whiz through their ever-growing watch list. For families, I really recommend The Good Place on Netflix. It's such a feel-good comedy starring Jamila Jamil, Kristen Bell as these kind of morally complicated people navigating the afterlife. It is so silly, so cheerful, so visually pleasing. It feels like a kind of warm bath bedtime. Also, Shit's Creek on Netflix about a billionaire family gone bust and roughing it in a motel is very funny as well and great for families who will probably relate to all the characters uh, on screen to some extent. For bigger thrills, Stranger Things, obviously the 80s seemed sci-fi drama about a girl with superpowers fighting um, a monster from another dimension. Um, that's got to be a winner. The first two seasons are appropriate for under 15s and on Netflix. Uh, Unbelievable, a Netflix series based on a girl's true account of rape is an incredibly thought-provoking uh, drama with amazing female leads played by 
Merritt Weaver, Caitlin Deaver and Tony Collette. It's pretty cool to see two kind of hard-nosed cops being played by women as well. If you don't need to worry about age ratings, best show I've seen over the last year or two is Succession, about a super dysfunctional billionaire family based on the Murdoch family, written by amazing playwright and screenwriter Lucy Preble, who's from the UK. It's got the officer's style of humour and kind of handheld filming style, but it's high-stakes drama and the acting is flawless. Both seasons are on Amazon Prime, so get stuck in. Plenty to get on with there. And for those of you with younger children, it's almost as if Disney knew the lockdown was coming. They launched their streaming service, Disney Plus, on March the 24th. If you have a question you'd like one of our journalists to answer, or maybe you have a suggestion of something we should be covering on the show, email me. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back tomorrow evening with another update. In the meantime, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio, where you can get a free 30-day subscription to The Telegraph online. <laughs>